Blog Talk Radio. Comenzaré donde había terminado y te amaré como nunca había amado porque al fin me he dado cuenta que sin ti la vida no es la misma no hay comprensión, no hay esta llama esta pasión que en ti se encuentra y fueron muchos los bellos momentos y fueron muchas las noches de fuego y es por eso que hoy vuelvo a ti dime que sí, no te arrepentirás otra noche caliente que se derrama otra noche caliente llena de amor para los dos otra noche caliente tibio verano otra noche caliente llena de amor para los dos porque al fin me he dado cuenta que sin ti la vida no es la misma no hay comprensión no hay esa llama esa pasión y fueron muchos los bellos momentos Y fueron muchas las noches de fuego Y es por eso que hoy vuelvo a ti Dime que sí, no te arrepentirás Otra noche caliente Yeah, yeah. 
Greetings and welcome to the Truth to Power show. I'm Beverly and we have Eddie Rodriguez with us tonight. And we're listening to the legends of salsa music from the past to the present. Eddie, thanks for joining me tonight. Good to have you back with us. Uh, Hold on. I might be having some technical difficulties here. We are live. Okay, hold on. Um, let me put some music on again. Let me let me work this out here. We're coming live to you. This is the Truth to Power show. And we're going to get into some salsa music here for the next hour with Eddie Rodriguez. And uh, let's see. Hold on. Let me work this little tech going on here. Let me work this out here. Hold on a minute. And the uh, call-in number is Three two three six four two one five eight six. If you would like to uh, talk, have a question or a comment for Eddie Rodriguez. Okay, give me a minute to work this out. Let me see if I can get him up here.
Can you Hello. hear me? Um, Eddie, yes, I do. Eddie Rodriguez? Beverly D. Okay, okay. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you tonight on your show, Truth to Power, every what? Thursday from 9 to 11, focusing on and spotlighting and highlighting uh, Latin uh, music legends, past and present. Tonight we're going to spotlight uh, uh, our dear uh, departed friend, uh, arranger, producer, band leader, percussionist, vibraphonist, called the Quincy Jones of Latin music during his day, Mr. Louis Ramirez, rest in peace. A wonderful, talented uh, Puerto Rican from New York who um, put a, his uh, stamp on the new era of salsa music in the 80s. Uh, before that, uh, he was, you know, performing uh, with people like uh, Tito Rodriguez, who was a hot uh, singer who, who was international, actually, at the time. And uh, I want to read a little bit of his bio uh, down the line, but uh, we heard him uh, with two of his compositions, Otra um, Noche uh, Caliente, and Diego La Rumba. All these um, 
compositions are available on YouTube. Uh, the spelling of his name is Louis, L-O-U-I-E, last name Ramirez, R-A-M-I-R-E-Z. And on lead vocals is Ray De La Paz, another Puerto Rican from New York, uh, an incredible singer, uh, has that uh, voice, uh, smooth, uh, and uh, he's a charismatic uh, gentleman, and it's a pleasure to be with you tonight to um, put a spotlight on this music that will probably be not be heard anywhere else except on your show. Oh, that's great. And uh, kind of tell the people, I'm switching computers here because uh, dealing with this technical difficulty. But while I'm doing that, uh, can you kind of tell the people who you are and uh, your role in the music industry? Well, my role in the music industry uh, started with my first uh, concert uh, as a producer back in 1975. Um, I was in the Bronx. I was, before I did this concert, I was actually into um, the sounds of uh, Grover Washington Jr. and uh, Stevie Wonder and uh, songs in the key of life and uh, the Ohio players. <clears throat> and of course, I came from that Motown uh, era. And um, the first concert that I produced, the salsa concert I produced, I realized that this is my calling. Um, I, I was able to uh, meet in 1975 the late um, salsa music empresario, Mr. Ralph Mercado, may he rest in peace. And I booked uh, a group called Tipica 73. That was the hottest group in New York at the time. And I was the president of the Veterans Association at Bronx Community College. And we did a fundraiser. And not too long after that, I started uh, doing a college night at a nightclub called uh, the Ipocampo. And after uh, one experience uh, seeing a uh, bass player bug in his amp and almost get electrocuted, uh, I decided that that was a dangerous <laughs> job, and not too long after that, uh, I moved to San Francisco. And I did a my first show in San Francisco with uh, one of the um, legends of salsa music, uh, of Latin jazz music by the name of Cal Jada. And that's pretty much where I started in San Francisco, and I uh, met during that time and the late Tito Puente in 1979, and I was drawn to the Latin jazz movement. Tito was just starting to tour with his new group, the Latin jazz, Tito Puente Latin Jazz Ensemble. And I became friends with, uh, with Tito and his road manager. And since not from 1979 until uh, um, 2020, uh, in 1999, actually, I became Tito Puente's uh, representative and uh, was managing him for the label, uh, for Ralph Mercado Presents. Uh, and um, between all that time, I learned how to um, build artist careers. Um, Mark Anthony is one of them. Uh, 
La India is one of them, and I was able to work with Tito Puente throughout the years, presenting him in concerts and working with the queen of Latin music, uh, Sally Cruz. Um, what I'm doing now, I can tell you a lot of things that I've done in the past. Um, I've switched from Latin, uh, or Latin tropical uh, in the 2020s, well, not in the 2020s, the 2000s, and produced uh, uh, sold-out concerts at Madison Square Garden uh, with uh, the Univision Radio Network, uh, presenting all of the top Latin urban artists at the time. They still were just kind of coming up. And now these artists that I presented back then, two sold-out shows, one in 2005 and one in 2006, they are superstars today. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. Prior to that, prior to that, I I was working with a uh, a group out of uh, Los Angeles. I, I moved, uh, relocated from San Francisco to Los Angeles, <clears throat> and um, I started working with a television production company called Bravissimo, and uh, we were doing a uh, lot. We were doing we were taping live concerts of Latin music, salsa music and Mexican regional music and pop music and hosted by English speaking, um, uh, person. So in other words, it was on the ABC network, an English language television network. And we have, we had an English language, uh, host and the interviews were in English, but the music was in Spanish. So that, that, okay. you know, that gave me a, a different outlook on, on what direction I was going to go in my life, um, and I ended up at, at one point uh, doing something uh, with new technology. I produced a uh, a streaming event with the incredible uh, Mariah Carey live in Las Vegas. Mm. That was a okay. <clears throat> another uh, learning uh, curve for me because I had to learn about technology and we had to uh, pre-produce the show and before we air we before we streamed it and we've charged <clears throat> excuse me ten dollars per screen and uh okay. it was a quite an experience and, and i all the things i've done in the past i'm bringing bringing to the table today <clears throat> developing new artists and uh i'm here in puerto rico right now but uh there's some things happening in the u.s and uh that i'm involved with um, that have to do with another area of my expertise, which is the international uh, music industry, um, dealing with licensing, dealing with um, marketing, dealing with sales, dealing with distribution, dealing with concert tours, uh, dealing with publishing deals, endorsement deals, and um, um, things that have to do with creating a brand. We look at today an artist's name, likeness, and image, and his voice, or her voice, mm-hmm. as a brand. There's a consumer market out of the 500 million Spanish-speaking people on the planet. There is a co- music consumers that are drawn and support this type of music that uh, I've been um, promoting all my life and working with, which is tropical Latin music. 
and now I'm uh, I'm interested in doing some things with um, music that's coming out of Africa, which has a very okay. uh, very uh, I can tell you that <laughs> there is a frequency there that that, that drives me and, and I just love it, which is called Afrobeat, uh, and mm-hmm. that's becoming popular, um, as you know. Uh, the trap music that was created in Atlanta is now very popular in the Latin music uh, scene with artists like Bad Bunny and Mike Towers and others. Um, and uh, the salsa music industry with artists like Mark Anthony is thriving. It's a multi-million dollar industry. And Mark is, uh, has an upcoming tour and he's going to visit 50 countries and um, he's going, going to be doing uh, his concert uh, to to reach those fans uh, around the world that love salsa music. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's I'm a dad, I'm a husband, uh, I'm a son. <laughs> my mom is going to be 100 years old. And, wow, great, great. Uh, you know, my, my son is in the music industry. Uh, he's handling an artist right now called Ira Star and the R&B okay. uh, scene. She's an Afrobeat artist. She's from Nigeria, and he's doing her uh, radio promotions uh, nationwide in the U.S. Um, and so okay. I'm very proud of him. And, uh, and yes, that's uh, that's kind of like a, a little snapshot of who I am. Okay. As have you have you thought about doing any uh teaching? You are you have a wealth of knowledge. Have you thought about doing for people that want to get into the industry? Absolutely. I'm, you know, the type of uh person that uh I give it away. Um when people reach out to me, um they can email me eddyrod two thirteen at email dot com. At gmail.com, I'll try Eddie, E D D I E R O D, 213 at gmail.com. Or they can reach me through uh, Facebook or Twitter or through um, Instagram, Eddie Rodriguez, uh, E-Rod, Eddie Rod 213, or Eddie Rodriguez. Uh, and uh, definitely reach me that way, and I will answer them or LinkedIn. Is a good one, uh, Eddie Rodriguez. Latin works music uh, is my is my address on LinkedIn. So uh, a lot of people reach out to me on LinkedIn, and yes, I do. I'm available to help in, in any way I can. And, you know, I don't. I know you, your time. You probably don't have a lot of time, but you know, you can do like a, a online kind of class where I'm quite sure people wouldn't mind paying or something, you know, for your time, your knowledge is, is, is worth a lot. Uh, you know, just to for people that's interesting, especially the business part of that industry, you know, that really needs to be known. And so you just, I mean, you lived it. You've been in it all these years, and you just have a lot of knowledge, wisdom uh, of the business. So um, that was just me, just a little thought. Okay, <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> I, 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 it is a great thought, and uh, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, one of the things that I tell young uh, artists, and uh, uh, you know, just 
talent, God-gifted talent, uh, that it's a lot of work to, to, to make your mark. As a matter of fact, just getting to the status of emerging artists in the music industry is, 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 uh, is a 52, it's a 36-month minimum process that takes discipline, stamina, mm-hmm. passion, mm-hmm. and keeping your body, mind, and spirit healthy so that you can reach your goal. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's not just, hey, I'm going to the studio, put a record out, I'm going to sing, and they're going to put it on the radio. Even putting it on the radio. Putting it on the radio, uh, mm-hmm. have, you need big budgets. Uh, there's a lot of competition. But if you find the right okay. people, and the people gravitate to you, to you as a as a as a talent, and want to support what you're doing, uh, you know, record deals are, are are possible. Today, the most important thing for any artist that's um, that wants to, any talent that wants to become an emerging artist is to uh, have a strong social media presence and sing on, you know, and post um, mm-hmm. every day. Uh, you know, this, you know, the, the way that this works today is um, through algorithms. So uh, when you sing something and it's in the right uh, beat and it's in the right uh, tempo and the specific genre, it will be picked up by other people that are also consuming that that type of, of music, and you know people like you or they don't like you or they follow you or they don't follow you. But you have to do it every day. It's not a once yeah. in a while process. People think, oh, it's just once in a while. No, it's every mm-hmm. single day. And if people have that kind of uh, uh, discipline, attitude, attitude. It's all about the yeah, attitude okay. and, and um, okay. to what they have to do and take the advice from people that have been there uh, and have seen it and have done it with other people, then they have a shot. If not, then, you know, they can sing at home and sing to their family. Uh, but as far as the business of music, the business of music takes investments. And um, it's because there's so much competition out there and we have an entire planet. We have, you know, billions of music consumers on the planet and they don't necessarily all uh, have to be um, where you live. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. right. people all over the world. So, yes, I'm, uh, I love the idea. And yes, at some point when I'm not working on a project, I'll think of doing that. But right now, let's listen to some yeah, more busy. music of the Quincy okay. Jones of Latin music. Quincy still alive. Louis Ramirez uh-huh. is gone, but he was so incredible as a record producer, as an arranger, as a songwriter, as a composer, as a vibraphonist. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, it's funny because he didn't speak to anyone in Spanish. He spoke to everyone in England. He was raised in New York City and okay. um, produced a lot of the big hits of Latin music uh, that are, um, you know, available today on any streaming platform um, that you have access to. So let's listen to some more Louis Ramirez and Ray 
de la paz. Alrighty. Aquella noche un vagabundo cambió tu risa en amargura y sin permiso entró en tu mundo para robarte la ternura y desde entonces me condenó a que no vuelvas a ser mía a estar perdida entre mis sueños, a que me niegues cada día. Aprende de eso, que quien te hace llorar es quien te ama, que quien te hace Tu odio es lo que encuentro. 
Cuando anochece sigue siendo mi alegría Tu presencia, vida mía Guardo la prisa de llegar hasta tu casa Si no has llamado me pregunto ¿Qué le pasa? Todavía, vida mía Todavía Guardo un beso y un suspiro para darte Si me faltas no me canso de extrañarte Todavía, vida mía, todavía quiero ver llegar al fin la primavera para darte de tus flores la primera.
Yes, we're here with Eddie Rodriguez of South Bronx Tale, and we're listening to Latin music. Now, uh, Eddie Rodriguez, um, I know different countries have their different styles of music. Is it uh, Mm -hmm. hard to break into, you know, different countries and um, America? Which how does that work when you're dealing on an international level? Well, it's interesting because uh, New York and has been, uh, and Puerto Rico in particular, have been uh, for tropical Latin music and even for Latin urban music, the hot spots, you know, where the talent has uh, emerged, you know, to uh, entertain audiences around the world. Um, you know, as you know, people love to listen to this music. You know, people like myself uh, feel the music, uh, feel it when uh, a musician uh, has a solo and uh, is improvising. All of these things are coming from their soul. You know, it's not coming from written notes. Um, and uh, the inspirations that they have uh, documented on these recordings. Uh, the same way with the Latin tropical singers, um, not so much the urban uh, reggaeton and, and trap music uh, that we're listening to today. Uh, more of uh, the Latin tropical salsa uh, music uh, artists and uh, performances and recordings, there will, there will uh, be a, a space uh, to... You know, within the track where the artist or the singer can improvise, and once again, those improvisations uh, are like their, their solos um, uh, are inspired by. They come from the soul. You know, they come from. They're not written down. You know, they come from what they what comes to them at that moment, and uh, you hear it in the music. On the, you know, Louis Ramirez is a is a vibraphonist and a percussionist. Um, and um, was able to do that. You heard him, you know, doing uh, a cha-cha, kind of like uh, an instrumental uh, tune, uh, one point, and then, you know, this tune here, he, he added um, a little bit of, uh, of uh, spice, so to speak, and, you know, the, the changes, uh, rhythmic changes within this particular composition, which is heard with Ray De La Paz on vocals, um, was something that um, uh, the chord changes were, were, were incredible. So, you know, people that love to listen to Latin music, um, people that love to dance uh, Latin music, today they call that Latin music salsa. Um, you could call it music from Mexico, regional Mexican. It's a genre within itself, uh, very um, important part of the um, U.S. Uh, Latin market. Obviously, Mexico is right next to us, so there's a lot of Mexican um, immigrants and, and, and people of Mexican heritage in the U.S., and they, they gravitate to the music of their country. So regional Mexican music is, is actually a bigger, uh, has a larger audience than the tropical salsa audience. However, today, the tropical uh, Latin urban audience has grown to the point 
where uh, some of the videos that are released by these artists, um, the most important one coming out of Puerto Rico right now, his name is Bad Bunny, uh, have billions of views of their videos. Uh, all their concerts are sold out. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, just in Puerto Rico recently, um, Bad Bunny had a concert, and there were so many people outside uh, trying to go to the show and buy tickets that he had to do two shows, stadium shows, talking about 30,000, 40,000 okay. people in one night. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. well, the, the Latin urban uh, market has gone wide because it targets the youth. However, in places like Peru and Colombia, Ecuador, mm-hmm. uh, the youth love to dance in couples. And so you okay. have a strong presence of this music today that we're listening to uh, that kids are dancing to. However, in the United States, this is the, this genre is not uh, played consistently on any of the um, Spanish language radio networks or on television. So that uh, you know, Land Urban has taken like the front, you know, in the front row, and okay. Salsa is is in the second row. Um, but um, as far as the the feeling, you know, we have in Colombia they're known for the cumbia, you know, Mexico they're known for ranchera and and norteño, and Spain they're known, for, and you know, we have pop music, pop musicians from coming from uh, the Dominican Republic that you know sell out concerts, you know, that have been around for years, and they've opened the door. Mm-hmm. Or other uh, talent, you know, to 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 fill that void when they're now no longer uh, touring and and, and uh, you know reaching those fans of this particular music in other countries. So, uh, so yes, you know, Dominican Republic to say, oh, it's merengue and bachata. You know, Puerto Rico, oh yeah, it's salsa and uh, and something else. Now they say Puerto Rico is reggaeton, is Latin urban. Um, so that even on you know, radio in Puerto Rico, the Latin urban uh, music has taken the lead, and uh, that's the uh, the music in demand today in Puerto Rico and a lot around the world. So New York, you know, the people always uh, the 19, in the 1960s, um, the Latin big band, you know, people used to go Tito Puente, Machito, Tito Rodriguez, rest in peace, all. These great artists uh, used to have regular nights in a, in, in a club. It was twenty sixteen piece orchestras, uh, twenty one piece orchestras, uh, and uh, what's interesting is that big band era uh, started to fade away. Uh, and uh, in the nineteen, so they say, oh, Latin music is, is dead. Okay, oh, this this tropical Latin music is is dead. So what? Uh, a gentleman did. He was uh, from an Italian uh, from Brooklyn by the late Jerry Masucci uh, and uh, the late uh, Johnny Pacheco from the Dominican Republic. Uh, Johnny Pacheco was a musician. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Masucci, uh, you know, he was a former policeman in the NYPD. 
and became a lawyer and then became a businessman. And uh, what he started to do was he started to find young talent and use a smaller group. You know, in other words, uh, instead of uh, 21 pieces or 18 pieces, you know, use uh, maybe 12 pieces. And, uh, you know, he, he started to sign young and upcoming talent that was the lead singers of other bands, and he created the Fania Records label. That was in 1968. And that defined the salsa music, uh, uh, you know, the danceable new uh, salsa music uh, from that time all the way through the 70s. Um, and um, what he was smart enough to do was acquire all of the other uh, tropical salsa uh, independent labels and made them a part of Fania. And he built a catalog, uh, I don't know, maybe 10,000 songs or more. And he did a few mm-hmm. movies. And that catalog has been sold, from what I know, two times. In other words, it made yeah. its money back when when it was, you know, one day was, Terry was uh, alive and Johnny. Okay. And then that it was acquired by a group that re-released, they digitized all that music, re-released it, and after they digitized it, they sold it to uh, Universal Music. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is part now all the labels that, that, that were under the Fania, uh, and, you know, they were imprints for Fania Records, uh, are all, mostly all owned today by Universal Music Group. Uh, Universal wow. Music Group owns it, but they don't have any new salsa artists. They're not investing in new tropical salsa artists. They're investing in tropical Latin urban artists. And the big budgets that are necessary in order to brand, um, you know, market, you know, promote, um, tour, um, and uh, distribute, um, you know, new releases uh, is, is expensive. And, uh, you know, they'd rather put that in something that they believe that is more oriented uh, to, to the younger demographic. They say, oh, yeah. this is for the older, older people, salsa. But it's not true, you know. You can go to any dance studio in the U.S. or anywhere in the world. And they will teach you salsa. <laughs> they will teach you jazz. They will teach you tango. Not tango so much, but the foxtrot, I guess. You know, whatever. But salsa is on that category. And, um, you know, so these artists have toured the world, uh, some of them for the last 60 years. And they're still around today. Like Grant Combo, you know, to name uh, one of them. Uh, Oscar de Leon, he's from Venezuela, a great singer. Towards the world, you know, these people came from humble beginnings and now are rich and famous. And uh, it was all timing and it was all, you know, the uh, passion that they put into their work and having the faith that they were going to uh, reach, you know, that goal to become an international um, music uh, artist. So, yes, you know, this is it's different around the world. Uh, in, in uh, places like Honduras, they have Punta. You know, there are places like um, 
you know, Venezuela, they have, you know, a different type of, uh, of, of, of folkloric music. Uh, but salsa comes out of Venezuela too. But the only place where tropical salsa artists are launched and have been successful successful has been out of mm-hmm. New York City and out of Puerto Incredible. Okay. So uh, mm-hmm. I'd like okay. to talk about Louis Ramirez after you, you know, you play a few more tunes. And um, okay. once again, thank you for, and thank the audience. You know, we do this show live. It's unscripted. Right. For, for an audience, for the listening and dancing pleasure. Some people like to dance when they hear this music. Of of the audience of truth to power and uh, and whatever other uh, <clears throat> uh, platforms you know we reach mm-hmm. uh, the the part of educating and entertaining is also a goal. Uh, doing a show like this as a public service, we're not paid to do this. We do this right. out of uh, our love of the music and the. Uh, the experience of documenting something right now uh, so that we have it for posterity. Uh, once again, uh, I want to thank everyone for, for listening. Uh, please send your comments to us. Uh, Beverly? Uh, yes. Okay. Anything, and, uh, and, it, and you want to check? The call, the call in number is 323-642-1586. If you want to talk to Eddie, uh, this is a person that has been in the music industry for years, a lot of knowledge and wisdom. So you can call in, ask a question or a comment. So we're going to get back to the music. Con ese ritmo de salsa 
propio se marchó sin contestar Y comprendí aquella noche que ya nunca jamás olvidaría tu querer Paula C. La madrugada me envolvió en su oscuridad y aunque parezca raro, me hizo ver con más claridad lo que es amar a una mujer. Ya tu regreso de nuevo, aquel beso me hizo vibrar. Y así volví a soñar, y así volví a cantar. Y con el llanto volviste temblando y te oí murmurar que yo era todo para ti y nada más. Paula C, hoy la distancia nuevamente entre los dos es la que anima y me inspira por ti esta canción a la que me entregó su amor a Paula C, a la que me entregó su amor a Paula C.
are listening to a legend and Latin salsa music with Eddie Rodriguez, a South Bronx tale. And thank you again, Eddie Rodriguez, for sharing the music with us and your information. Well, I wanted to ask you, um, I believe that uh, the what I was taught by the late, great Tito Puente applies mm-hmm. uh, today, and it always applies uh, when it when it comes to music. Um, you either feel it or you don't, you know. And right. um, mm-hmm. as you can, as you as you just heard um, with some of these recordings, we have musicians just like I told you. Not, they're not reading music; they have the composition written, obviously. <clears throat> excuse me, of the instrumental uh, parts they have to play. Um, the piano, you know, the rhythm section, the brass section, the, and um, the singing, um, like I told you, you know, has a space, you know, to do solos, and that's improvisation. It comes out of the singer's head. The same thing with the trombones and with the trumpets and with the saxophones, and, you know, they're given their their, their moment uh, in, the, in the recording to uh, interpret the um, music um, in a way that comes from spontaneous from their head. Uh, and <clears throat> excuse me. And um, it comes through um, and touches the people that are that are listening to it. And and this experience is best live. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Because you know the energy, the the you know there is no stress. There is no unless you're behind the scenes and dealing with a with a situation with a promoter that doesn't have the money to pay for the band, and all of a sudden you know you 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 know right. trying to you're trying to to tell them look this band you know I'm going to stop them right now if uh, you don't come up with this money they're not they're not going to leave you they they expect you to pay. Usually, the way you, so work, do, you, know, you only work with people that are, you know, are, are um, bona fide, you know, um, in terms of, you know, their their um, financial and their, and their business business practices. But every once in a while, you'll get someone from um, maybe a, a Latin organization or whatever, and um, mm-hmm. trying to do something for the community. For uh, let's say just for a discounted rate, uh, you know, to have a performance so they can raise funds or whatever it is uh, for their organization. Right. You know, the rule is they pay you fifty percent, and then they pay you fifty oh, percent so. when you arrive. Yeah, and so, uh, so with the fifty percent, so they pay you with good, before you go on, right? So you get the whole the musicians get their whole amount. Bona, yeah, unless it's a bona fide. You know that they pay you by okay. check, you know, at the end of the show, and you have the funds mm-hmm. already. You know, you have the funds to to be able to uh, to pay everyone in cash, and that's how the business used to be for years. Now it's different. Mm-hmm. Now the musicians have to have a ten ninety nine. You know, they have mm-hmm. to pay the taxes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's different now. So we pay people by check. And um, and they deposit the checks, and they all oh, now we can even do better. We have the money 
in the account, we could send them the money via Venmo, <laughs> some PayPal. You know, mm-hmm. whatever way right, they want right. the money. So they have it there before they even perform. And so that used to be a joke. Well, you can't play musicians. You can't pay the musicians before the show because then they're, they're not going to do a good show. And it's really interesting that I found it to be the opposite. When you pay the musician before the show, they know that money's in the bank. They yeah. are happy. One thing to worry about, just focus on their performance, you know, doing their job, whatever it is. And so that's been the case with Latin music. Sometimes people have sconed with the money, you know, before the end of that. I mean, there's been so many things that have happened to me in my career uh, that um, I could write a book about them. But right now, we want to talk about Louis Ramirez. The music you're playing tonight, you know, for the listening and dancing pleasure of, of the, the, your audience. And now, you know, for weeks now, we've been doing this. Uh, South Bronx Tale by Eddie Rodriguez. Uh, you know, now we're, we're getting into different areas, uh, talking about individuals. I want to tell you, just take a moment to read you what's on Louis Ramirez's uh, bio. Uh, Louis Ramirez okay. is an American boogaloo, salsa, and Latin jazz percussionist, vibraphonist, band leader, and composer. He co-wrote with Johnny Pacheco the 1961 hit, El Guido de Macorina, which was a big hit at that time. He has been called the Quincy Jones of salsa music. Uh, Louis Ramirez was born February 24, 1938, and went to and the big band in the sky on June on June seventh, nineteen ninety three. I remember hearing the news uh, when it told me that Louis Mirrors had passed. Um, I was in I was in Los Angeles working for the record label that he was signed to, RMM Records. I was the head of the West Coast uh, operations for RMM, owned by Ralph Mercado, the late great Ralph, Ralph Mercado. And I did a tour with him. Uh, we visited, you know, the media that was available to me, radio, uh, print, uh, television, uh, event. We did an event. Uh, and so by the end of the, by the end of that tour, um, you know, he's on his way back home. And um, he said, man, you really, you really worked us hard. Cause I had them up in the morning early and, you know, it was, it was a stamina was needed. And, what happened was that posed a question to me. It was very interesting. He said, man, you did a good job here. Um, gave me some props. And, uh, and then he wanted to know what was my goal in the Latin music industry. And I told him, you know, I see myself uh, in the recording studio, you know, um, you know, finding those musicians and working with them and, and recording, you know, uh, great music and releasing it and, and and I see myself doing that. He said, have you ever done it before? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, it's not that hard. You know, he, he was a staff producer for Fonny Records. This guy was producing records every day. So okay. he, gave, he gave me some steps to follow. And in 1995, I produced my first album with uh, the late, great uh, Bebo Valdez and his son, Chucho Valdez, and the incredible saxophonist uh, from Cuba, all three of them from Cuba, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Paquito D. Rivera. 
um, and, you know, following his <laughs> advice. And from there, I did a lot more projects. Um, so I'm as a co-producer, as an associate producer, uh, and worked on Tito Puente, I mean, Rest in Peace, and Eddie Palmieri, Tito Puente's last album, and uh, a collaboration with the great pianist, uh, legend, Mr. Eddie Palmieri, called Masterpiece. And uh, after that, I haven't done anything. Uh, that was in 2020. We finished that. And then he passed away. Uh, so we were going to go on a tour. You know, that's, that's the thing to do when you record a great album. Then you do a promotional tour and you do 20, 20 uh, cities, you know, maybe, you know, three month, four month tour. And uh, that I was so looking forward to that. But he passed away, um, you know, but once again, all I did was follow the same uh, advice that uh, the late great Louis Ramirez gave me uh, back in 19, uh, you know, early 19, it was like 1992 in, in Los Angeles. Okay. So, um, he, um, you know, he was so incredible. Some of the composition that we heard tonight, you know, uh, the last one we heard was so interesting because that was uh, the great Panamanian uh, superstar legend himself, Mr. Reuben Blades. Um, um, Reuben wrote that song, but Louis Ramirez arranged that. He played vibraphones on it, and he, um, you heard the arrangement that had uh, in the in a subtle way, some people may pay attention to it or not, but in a subtle way, he introduced strings to salsa mm-hmm. music. It was already coming into fashion, so to speak. And Fania okay. became a label that released, a, if you love violins and salsa music, look for the early Fania All-Stars recordings. Um, um, they have some incredible, incredible string arrangements. And obviously the the late great Larry Harlow uh, a recording called Homie H O M M Y. So I was blessed to meet uh, people like Louis Ramirez during my career, you know, my life, and uh, I feel very fortunate to be able to do this community service program with you uh, mm-hmm. to educate and entertain about some of these people that they would probably never hear about it anywhere else except on right. the <laughs> Yes, and I'm glad that you are introduced me to this music too, and I'm quite sure others also. So what do you see the change in the salsa today? Like you say, you added the strings to it. Do you see any change today? Um, no, you know, people like Mark Anthony, About you know, Mark Anthony, Started in the 1990s. He's a good reference because he's a superstar in Latin music. But the other ones you don't okay. know about, they're not in the English language media, like Ibeto Santa Rosa or Victor Manuel or La India or Grand Combo or, you know, it's been around for 65 years. Incredible. Uh, from Puerto Rico. And also Nora Ponceña. Uh, these are, you know, artists that are touring the world still today <laughs> and um people that paved the way for them were people like uh Pito Puente and Hector Lebeau and the Fania obviously Fania and they they had the Fania All-Stars they toured the world a few times um and uh they had all the band leaders of the bands that they 
had um, uh, contracts with. And the mm-hmm. band leaders were not only band leaders but and, and the owner of the band, but also musicians and arrangers and composers. And, and there was a camaraderie. And, and Louis was part of that, uh, you know, during that, that heyday when, when Fania was, uh, he was there. And he was there before. He was doing things with Allegra Records, which was one of the first record labels that that I remember that put out uh, uh, salsa music, what we call salsa. They just called it dance music back then, you know, Latin, Latin music, the dance. Uh, and it was referred to as Guaguanco, which was something, the rhythm that came out of Cuba that people say, well, you know, Salsa was, uh, that was the foundation of salsa. But salsa was, the reason they called it salsa, because Gary Masucci not only had Puerto Ricans um, on his way, he had, you know, they worked in different uh, areas of the operation. But, you know, some of his studio engineers were Jewish. Some of his musicians, like even, you know, Larry Harlow is, is Larry Kahn, you know, may he rest in peace. He was, he was Jewish. You know, the trombone the trombonist that you hear on a lot of these recordings, um, his name is Barry Rogers, uh, also Jewish. Uh, you know, incredible talent, and Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, and that New York, uh, that New York intensity. That's what I want to say. At that time, with music. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just, and then when they said that was it, RMM Records came in, and they started doing the same thing Fania did back in the in the late sixties and seventies, and then early late eighty eight. Uh, I remember, you know, when when Ralph mentioned to me that he was going to start his label. Uh, we were in Puerto Rico, and they told me about the, you know, he knew he knew that I was working in Los Angeles handling working for independent. Uh, uh, an independent uh, movie studio doing their national mm-hmm. distribution. And before that, I worked for a conglomerate out of Mexico called Televisa. And I used to travel all over the country uh, doing sales and distribution of the content, we, uh, videos, Spanish movies on, on, on video, when videos first came out. Okay. And okay. so uh, he told me, he said, hey, you know, I'm going to do, uh, for the first time, you know, an artist wants me to invest on, on finishing a recording, I think I'm going to start a record label. I said, hey, that's great, you know. He said, uh, if you want to join me, I'll pay you five cents a record. <laughs> <laughs> five cents a record. Mm. I said, I got to think about that. You know, but if I would have taken that offer and had it with a lawyer to sign agreement, I would have made a lot of nickels, you know, because mm. that okay. label ended up getting sold for, uh, well, I had a, I had a, an offer for $30 million, and mm-hmm. uh, there was a, uh, a lawsuit against uh, the record label. I was not with the label at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, they lost the case, and uh, the company went bankrupt, and the same people that offered $30 million, Universal Music, acquired that catalog back in 1996, Bought that catalog for nineteen million dollars, and they own that catalog today. And they're still mm-hmm. making money. And the artists 
are still touring that were signed back in the, the, the 90s, uh, the salsa okay. artists. They're touring the world. So today, we need a salsa label of the, the 2020s. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, to, to once again bring out the youth, you know, with young singers, you know, 18 years old, right. 18 years old. Musicians, you know, arrangers, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, you know, find them and record them and then invest in the marketing and promotions and uh, and the tour support for, for them to, to, to give them a, uh, at least a good start, you know. At the end, you know, the consumer is the one that decides. But if you don't right. take the step, the consumer will be an unknown and the objective is for an artist from an unknown to become a known. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then you have your fan base. So with that in, in mind, uh, we'd like to thank everybody for, for tuning in. Uh, we have some more music for you. Uh, Beverly, uh, mm-hmm. uh, next week we're going to... I'm going to spotlight another legend by the name of Ray Barreto, rest in peace. Okay. Include a conversation. Include a conversation with one of the former uh, members of the Young Lords uh, movement in the, um, the out of New York City, out of out of Harlem. And he's he wants to, you know, uh, have a discussion about the diaspora, the Puerto Rican uh, diaspora of New York City at that time and the racism mm-hmm. and the corruption in the police department and the mayor's office and the government entirely at that time, the, the slumlords, the mafia, the mob, what was happening in the streets, the DEA, how they were uh, infiltrating groups uh, like uh, salsa groups to to try to find out if there was a big ring or some kind of thing going on and right. setting up, you know, setting up the, some artists to, to, uh, to become, you know, criminals, uh, or, you know, from something that, that they were doing in the nightclub, you know, whatever drugs, mostly cocaine, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, people infiltrated, you know, the, the backstage areas and giving the artists this and that for years. And then turned out to be, uh, you know, agents to arrest them um, right. for some kind of a, uh, crime. And so, you know, that happened. And, and then the slumlords and the Jewish mafia and the Italian mafia, you know, it, it was just, you know, an incredible thing happening at that whole time, you know, that that we want to bring to, we want to bring to, you know, to the audience uh, as, as once again something to to learn about. Uh, you know, it happened yeah. to us. I, I was there, and the people that were involved uh, are the ones that are telling their story. Uh, so, yeah, we want to remind that uh, next week, Truth to Power, 9 to 11 p.m. Okay, all right. Eastern Time with your host, Beverly D., and me, your guest, and your host, Eddie. co-host, Eddie Rodriguez. Yes. My, this is a South Bronx tale. And we're um, we're going to do a lot more things uh, throughout the year, and we want to thank you for for tuning in. Yes, and uh, and that's going to be interesting too because you know blacks we thought that it was just 
only happening to us, well, some of us did. So, you know, this is letting them know that it wasn't just us going through this, you know, your community was going through the same thing that we were going through, too. So that should be interesting. Yes. And, 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 and the and, Black Panther Party, mm-hmm. believe it or not, and Martin Luther King had a lot to do with the creation of a of, a, of an organization like the Young Lord to fight injustice and racism and prejudice and, you know, mm-hmm. you know try to fight for, for you know, these, these areas in, in, in New York City were were slums. I mean, the, the sanitation didn't even come up. I mean, the slum lords wouldn't even uh, heat some of the buildings in the winter, you know. Some of the slum lords burned these buildings so they could get the money for, for the sure. insurance. I mean, it is, I was there, I saw it, it was, uh, you know, it did happen, and uh, yeah, we want to talk about that and see if we get any comments from people that, um, you know, also uh, shared uh, the same experience and want to, you know, participate in the show, so yeah, thank you, Beverly, for for being great with your your time, and uh, And once again, for giving us yeah, well. your time. <laughs> well, and and before we, before we leave, we we're gonna go out with some music. But uh, how can people get in contact with you again? Okay, it's very easy. You know, just um, send me an email or go to LinkedIn. Uh, in LinkedIn, uh, you go to Eddie E D D I E Rodriguez Latin Works. Music, okay, L-A-T-I-N, works, W-R-K-S, music, M-U-S-I-C. And uh, via email, you know, my send my, you know, any, you know, anything you want me to to read and, and get back to you, uh, it's E-D-D-I-E-R-O-D, Eddie Rod. And the number okay. 213 All right. at gmail.com. EddieRod213atgmail.com. All right. Well, thank you again, Eddie Rodriguez. Appreciate you taking your time, your energy, and look forward to uh, talking with you and the guests next week. Better My love. pleasure. Better luck. Free.
quieras de mí no puedo apartarte ya Tu cariño son de cartón todas las estrellas Y no hay poesía ni hay alegría cuando no estás Tonterías mi amor te juro que no exagero Y es que te quiero y sin tu cariño no hay nada más Cuando no estás, sin tonterías, mi amor, te juro. 
Aquella noche un vagabundo cambió tu risa en amargura y sin permiso entró en tu mundo para robarte la ternura y desde entonces me condenó a que no vuelvas a ser mía a estar perdida entre mis sueños, a que me niegues cada día. Aprende de eso, que quien te hace llorar es quien te ama, que quien te hace
de sueño Y por las noches yo te invento De tu castigo soy el dueño Porque tu odio es lo que encuentro
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.